With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores, and I'm back, baby. <laughs> and this is 40 with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Celery Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king, and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Uh, shout out to my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores, for being such a great trooper about us talking about him behind his back. How are you doing, Richie, now that you are back from your first of many trips, and I mean, I can't hate on you because I'm trying to get you to take another. <laughs> it was it was incredible. It was so much fun. Um, three nights at Life is Beautiful, the music festival in Las Vegas. A lot of Las Vegas time. Too much Vegas time for one trip, one could argue, to be honest. But um, it was so much fun. Um, a lot of great bands over the weekend, and it was well worth well worth it well worth it saturday night on its own would have made the trip well worth it and saturday night included um and included uh modest mouse it included heim and it included green day and oh yeah and all time low was playing on the opposite stage and i was still able to hear them in the background while we were waiting for green day so it, Saturday night was absolutely incredible. All three of those bands going back to back to back. And I was headlined by Green Day when I, we were 20 feet from the stage. We were so close. It was one of the coolest concerts I've ever been to. And from what I understand, there were about 60,000 people there per night. So like I was in front of like 30,000 people at least. And uh, yeah, it was, it was incredible. Loved every second of it. Loved it. We'll do it again. 10 out of 10. I was promised, I, I tell you all, I was promised that if they played Damned If I Do Ya, that I would get video footage of them playing it since they didn't play it here in, in Phoenix. And what do I get instead? I get a text that says, we are skipping all time low to get front row for Green Day. Yes, this is true. So I never got my video, everybody. In case you were wondering, I didn't get it. 
<laughs> they, uh, I just looked it up, by the way, the set list. They did not play Damned If I Do You on this set. Did they just play it only in like the first venues of their concert and not this one? What a shame. Yeah, I know. I think that's I think that's what we're looking at here. Because if you look, oh look, here's a show in Tucson that they did too just recently. Um, it doesn't it doesn't show up on any of the other on the oh they played it in Maryland their their home concert. Lame. Mm-hmm. I mean, good for them. Great for Maryland, and people who are from Maryland, like our own Catherine Silverman. But uh, yeah, I. Mm. I, I'm still salty about the fact that they never played that. I'm glad that you got to enjoy being so close uh, to Green Day. The only time I've ever been um, super close at a concert, like 13th Row, was uh, Kelly Clarkson, which wasn't as cool. So I, I envy you very, very much. Yeah, it was it was great. And I will say that if you haven't had a chance to do so, and even if you're just a casual Green Day fan, and when I say that, I mean, at least you're very familiar with American Idiot and some of their big hit songs, you must go see them live. 110%. If they come back around to Phoenix on the next leg of their tour, we are going. We are 110% going, and you will enjoy every single second of it. They, it I've seen them twice now, and both times they absolutely crushed it. Yeah, that is one that I'll definitely have to go see. I am I'm going to admit to you something on the podcast right now mm-hmm. that I, that I had to ask Scotty because you were texting me during it. Uh, you had texted in the group chat between me, you, and Cat, and you said that Modest Mouse was fantastic live i have no idea who the fuck modest mouse is oh Corey, Corey, Corey! this is very disappointing to be fair i didn't really know much about them prior either other than their one most popular song from which came out 15 actually more than 15 years ago at this point it's called float on are you at least familiar with float on not that i know of Oh my gosh. Oh dear. Yeah, if you don't if you don't know it off the top of your head, you probably don't know it. We'll we'll reconvene after the podcast. I will send you the link to it so you can see it and just maybe it'll refresh some memory. But for a band I didn't know much about going into other than that song, they were so good. Like they were they were um, they sounded so good. Like I, I'm a big fan of concerts with that are very guitar heavy. And that's what Modest Mouse is. They were a, a band of like seven or eight people and they played all their instruments live. No tracked bullshit, which I hate at concerts. And they were incredible. Oh shit, so, I know this. Yes, that's them. Oh, no way. Okay. I, I, okay, yes. I do know that song. Yes, and if you were paying attention to my Instagram story, I'm pretty sure I put that song up on Instagram. I think I honestly thought I wasn't going to know it, so I, I passed that one. <laughs> I just yes. assumed I wasn't going to know it. I was like, I don't know who they are. Scotty knew who they were. I didn't know who they were. 
I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so a couple of the other bands that I really liked. Uh, on Friday night, headlined by Tame Impala. Tame Impala was garbage. They were dog shit. Absolutely terrible. Um, we're not recommend. We're not recommend seeing them live at all. They bored me. They bored me so much, Corey. That 20 minutes. How bored set, were you? Thank you. That 20 minutes into their set, I left. And who did I go see, Corey? 20 minutes into their set, you left to go watch. Oh, God. What day was this again? This was Friday night. I texted you. You texted me Friday night. I'm getting. Do you know how hard it was to keep up with all of your stuff from that weekend? Yes, I, I, I went to go see the rest of Megan Thee Stallion's set. That is great. right. That is right. That is before. Yeah, that was that night. I do remember that now. Oh, gosh. Actually, God, that seems like it was 10 years ago. Um, yeah, and this time um, I, I told you to go get your hot girl shit on. Yes. <laughs> instead of your and, thought. Yeah, instead of your thought shit this time. Yes. So, you know. And and she was great. She was actually really entertaining and and played. I the part of the set I saw. She played Savage. She played Thought Shit. I think she played Hot Girl Shit too. If that's one of her songs, she was great. She was actually really fun. Um, and then the other bands that I liked on Saturday, or, or sorry, on Friday as well. Um, Glass Animals, terrific, awesome, awesome band live. Um, if you don't know them already. They are the band that does the song, um, um, like the song that, uh, why can't I, I just literally just forgot the name of the song. And I, 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 Again, I have no idea who they are, so I yeah, cannot yeah, yeah. help you in this situation. I mean, um, I can keep talking right now until you look it up or, you know, refresh your memory or something. Yes, I'm going to look it up. Uh, Heat Waves is the name of the song. Yeah, I have no idea. Oh gosh, oh, drawing a blank here. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. look this up again while you continue yes. telling your stories of what you've done. Yeah, and they were again. again. Heat Waves is one of the few songs I know from them, and outside of that, not very familiar with them. But man, their set was great. They were so they were really really fun. Their uh, lead singer was great. They had great energy all the time, and. And like their music is a little bit more dancey. Like it's not electronic. Oh shit, I know what this is too. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, I actually really like this song a lot. Yes, and they played that song. Awesome. It's great. Good. I think they had, that's the song they ended their set with. But yes, they were they were really good. They were they're uh uh super dancey type music but without being super electronic, which I enjoyed. Um and then also, and then on I'm adding Saturday, it to the good shit playlist. Yes, absolutely. I, I I listen to it all the time too. And then on Saturday night, I also I mentioned Haim earlier, but um, they're great. They are so fun. Um, they're three sisters, and in case you didn't know that, and they are so freaking talented. These these women, like, um, they sound great live. I get, must give a shout out to Danielle Haim who is their drummer and while she was drumming was also singing lead vocals and i was so impressed by that i was like god damn these girls are so talented 
And um, I can't wait until they come to Phoenix. I really want to go see him again. That's how much I like him. Are you going to tell We're... me, oh, I don't know who Haim is either? No, no, no. I'm not. Actually, I was going to ask you. I don't know if you remember this or not. Were they at Pot of Gold a, a while back? Haim? We were no, they were not. No. Okay. Then it must be it must be a group similar that I was thinking of. Yeah, you're but thinking. No, I do know who Haim is. Thank you. Um, yeah, you're yeah. thinking of. Um, it's another band with a female lead singer whose name escapes me at the moment. But yes, I know who you're talking about. Okay, thank you. At least you can read what my mind is is coming up with at the moment. Exactly. So Haim was great. I can't wait to go see them again. There's a theme here that I would love to go see a lot of these bands again. And then, of course, on Sunday night. Um, and I texted you this, um, young thug opened for Billie Eilish. Okay. And I gotta tell you, I don't think I've ever been more bored in my life at a concert. He was terrible. He was 20 minutes late for his set to begin with. And on top of that, they then cut him off because he was running so late and they were like, you need to leave because we got to change over and get ready for Billie. And I was super close up for Billie Eilish again. I was a little bit further back than Green Day, but um, I wasn't sure what to expect from Billy Live because um, a lot of her music is, um, I wouldn't say like electronic in nature, but it's, especially on her first album, a lot of it was more of that type of music. Her second album, Roast Music One, is is actually a lot less so like that. And, and she was so good. She's so entertaining. She sounds so good live. She gets a lot of crap from people and from critics like, Oh, all she does is whisper in her song. She can't sing like total bullshit. She's great live. She sounded great live. So, so good. So entertaining. And she's actually coming back around in April to Healer River arena actually. And, um, I, I was offered a chance to buy tickets for that show and declined because I had I was like oh well I'm, I'm already gonna see her I don't really need to see her a second time and now I'm regretting that choice because now I believe both of those shows are completely sold out and I have now missed my chance to buy tickets to go see her again. But now you can boycott Healer of Arena. This eh? is true. Eh? Yes. 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 Right side. Yes. And she has always had a good voice and the, the like, you know, there's a lot of um, artists that come from the point of like, you know, nowadays there's a lot more, you know, you've auto-tune and everything. You can come from a point of where everything's relatively messed with electronically. Initially, um, Billie Eilish and Phineas wrote in like, their bedroom like just raw as could be so um usually those are the artists that do have the best like actual like talent singing wise and stuff like that because it's not so much where they are um industry made industry made people tend to be uh there is usually a lot more of a stark difference between how you hear their music on the radio and when you hear their music live because it's just distorted it like like most things anymore you know like um it's the same thing as if you were to see like a really pretty person walking down the street 
naturally pretty and someone that's really pretty in LA that's had a lot of work done. <laughs> yeah, that's like a, that's one way to describe it, I guess. Because it basically is, you know, they can take basically anyone that they think has a, as a somewhat good voice, but is very marketable. Like they have a very distinct image about them and then they can use, they can make that person better and then just market them off of their image and turn them into an artist, even if they aren't one. Billie Eilish and Phineas are pure artists in the form of it. And so a lot of times those ones always end up being much better live because live you can't really hide behind all of the um, Hollywood bullshit, essentially. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. And that's a way I that's a good way to describe, I think, their show in general. And speaking of Phineas, by the way, um, his new album, I believe, is coming out in a few weeks. The first few singles off that album, terrific. I would highly recommend going to listen to those if you're a fan of Billie Eilish in any way, shape, or form. So that was my weekend. It was incredible. Loved every single second of it. Spent way too much money. Lost some money on the on the sports gambling side of things. Um, which sucked. Thank you very much to um, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs for fucking me over. Um, thank you very much to the Chargers kicker for fucking me over. Uh, thank you very much for Joe Burrow for throwing way too many interceptions and fucking me over and making me lose money. I appreciate all those people. Oh, the list of things that pissed us off this weekend sports betting was was so long. I can't even begin to tell you the things that just really like the fact that um, the Packers just annihilated the spread in that game, killed Scotty's parlay, and he was he was just like so pissed, and I was pissed because the Packers won and the Packers won in like spectacular fashion. So I had to deal with that and I didn't win any of my bets off that game, that game either. So it was just depressing. And, um, and it was the same thing with the Cardinals game. Scotty had a couple of bets on that, that lost because of the way that it ended. And then I had to witness the Vikings doing what the Vikings do all the time, which is just brutal. So this was a very depressing weekend in, in football. The only thing that went well for me was the Rams again. Mm-hmm. So take solace in that, Richie. Yes, my 2 and 0 Los Angeles Rams one money one money for Corey. We are very excited about this. Don't know how their matchup is going to go this coming weekend against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but we will um I'm very excited about that game. I'm going to be f- like mid-flight when that game is going on too, coming back from Denver which is where I'm going to be this weekend sporting nation. In case you're wondering, I'm just going to, I'm just going to get that out there right now. So um, whoever, I don't know if Scotty's coming back on, if you're going to have cat on, whoever is going to guest host the show with you this weekend, if they try to come up with an excuse for why I'm gone, do not listen to them. The reason why I was gone is because I was in Denver. I was flying back from Denver on Sunday afternoon and I am coming back from watching 21 pods in Denver, which I am very, very excited about. So, but I digress. Because quickly, we need to tell you about DraftKings because we were just talking about DraftKings. And week two of football is in the books. And now it's time to get to the tape and get ready for week three. As we were just talking about, 
the Rams, and the Buccaneers, your marquee matchup in the NFL. And DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And to kick off this week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 in bets instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. And here's how you do it. You download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana. 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Um, what do you think, Corey? Do you think we should get to some Coyotes talk super quick? Because there was a couple, two things we wanted to talk about and touch on um, super quickly before we, we move on. Absolutely. And you you were gone for a decent amount of Coyote stuff, and which is strange. Usually it's pretty quiet, but you actually missed a few fun things while you're gone. So we have to make sure that you are able to touch on those. Yes, um, and we begin, of course, which I don't think you guys talked about it on this on the Sunday episode, because the the jersey leak came out on Sunday night. Because I remember texting you guys right in the middle of the Monday Night Football game as we were getting ready to head to the show that night that this jersey had had leaked, and it's the fact that the Coyotes, of course, are bringing back the white Kachina. And full-time as their official away sweater now, meaning that the Coyotes' now official logo is back to the Kachina, and their two official home-and-away sweaters are your black Kachina for home and your white Kachina for away, and this is very nostalgic. I love it. That's their best look by far. So goodbye to the red. You were great for 10 years or whatever, but Goodbye. Because now, Corey, here's the thing. I I love the white Kachina. I love it so much that I think I actually like it more than the black Kachina. Oh, really? Yes. Do tell. See, the, the funny thing is I looked at it and I just felt very much like they took, you know, like they, they could have spiced it up a little bit, you know? You know oh, what I'm like saying? Done a modern, a more modern version of it. Well, it just just maybe changed something. I I feel like any person could like look in their closet, like back from the '90s, and be like, "Oh, yes, my white china. It looks brand new now." You know, like they could have. <laughs> speaking of which, I got a text. I got a text from from Jordan over the weekend when I sent her this, and she was like, "Oh, okay, cool. Now I can just take my dad's Kachina sweater." <laughs> Yeah, I felt like they, they they kind of a little bit did what Gen Z does. They're like, oh, look, there's mom jeans. And we're like, yeah, mom jeans were a thing. When we were kids, we thought they were the lamest thing you could wear. Now, all of a sudden, it's cool for you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I feel like it's the same thing here, you know? It's like the new scrunchie. Okay, we're going to go back to scrunchies, you know? That's that's the feeling that I kind of got with it a little bit, not to downplay it at all. It's funny that someone had actually said that on Twitter and I was like, I'm glad I'm not the only person. I didn't want to like kind of ruin that 
excitement because it is really cool to have the kachinas back and I, I love the kachinas I feel like that is kind of the heart and soul of um uh, the kind of the greatness of this team was always like the kachina times um but I do I do wish they would have sprinkled a little bit of something not so much where you're like trying to completely revamp it and make it new and cartoony and gross but just a, a little pizzazz can I tell you why I think I like it a little bit more than the black one? Yes, do tell. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what if you had said no there? What if you had been like, no, Richie, you can't. What, what I'm like, come to the dark me? side. <laughs> so here's why. I love the black Uchina. It's a great jersey. But I think the reason why I like the white ones a little bit better is because I think any more... Black jerseys have become overdone. Every team, I feel like, has a black jersey now. And I feel like every team's black jersey, in a way, kind of all looks the same. Because most of them are all black. And that's kind of what you're looking at with the black Kachina. As dope as that jersey is, and don't get me wrong, I love the black Kachina. But what I like about the white version is is it's got a little bit more color to it. So, like, I love that it's got more green in the shoulders laid into it. I love that it's got the kind of more colorful uh, sleeves on the very bottom. So it's got a little, the black with the Kachina lacing on it. I just, I, And plus, I actually really like white jerseys. I have my Coyotes jersey is a white jersey. My Diamondbacks jersey is a white jersey. My new Aaron Donald jersey is their bone jersey, which is essentially like an off-whitish type jersey. And so I think I just have a thing for white jerseys. I think that's why I like this so much, is is it's got that, that little burst of color that you don't quite get in the, the black version of the jersey. And it's why, like, when they go on sale, and they will go on sale eventually, I probably won't buy one because they're going to be super expensive. Um... There's a part of me that like wants to get one, wants to get a Jacob Chicker jersey. Ooh, you're even throwing out the fact that you want a Chick jersey too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's funny because I can kind of see what you're talking about. Like when, um, when I wear anything in life, I always want to wear black. Just a weird thing. It's funny. Like that's actually one of the things my mom's like having a hard time with with my wedding. Is she wants to buy a black dress, right? Like she's just like, um, and uh, she's having a really hard time finding because she feels like you know it's not appropriate for a wedding. Like that's how I feel too. I, a lot of times I'm always like gravitating towards black for everything, and so I would say my normal reaction is to go black. But there's something, and this sounds weird. I get it, but white jerseys on the ice, just the white on white. Mm -hmm. It's kind of really classy looking. Like I can't kind of uh, tell you the exact reasoning behind it, but it just looks nice. Looks like clean, crisp, and beautiful. I can say it's a little bit of a pain in the ass to be wearing like when you go to the arena because I didn't really like the reds, so I bought um mine and scotty's jerseys which guy doesn't wear his domi one anymore anyways but 
I need to stop going back to that one. I can't believe that I bought that jersey and it went the way it did. But um, every time we wear them, I always get so nervous because whenever you're at games, there you are not being very clean with a lot of things. And I feel like I'm going to get so much stuff all over my jersey and it freaks me out. And also as a female, getting makeup all over it freaks me out too. So that the, Yes, that is a big downside. Having gotten chocolate all over my white Diamondbacks jersey many years ago, that forced me to put it in my closet and put it away for many, many years. I, I can I can see that why that would be the case. Yeah, so that, that's my only downside is actually like from a fashion standpoint of someone wearing it, like um, white is always a little bit rough, but for a player standpoint and the way it looks on the ice, I do like white better. So I agree you with know, you, I, actually. Yeah, and I was talking to uh, I was talking to Katarina yesterday about this, and and she thought I was crazy. And one of the reasons she said she did not like the white jerseys is because, um, the white jersey on the white ice just doesn't quite work out well. There's no contrast there. See that? See then I'm the opposite. That's why I said what I'm going to say is probably going to sound weird to some people because of the fact that it is like it blends in but to me it it kind of it's it's that weird like matchy matchy thing you know like it's like especially when they're on like when you the fact that you have still the um outlining of the jersey like it still defines the jersey but um to me it's just pretty very clean and crisp I know that's why I like about white jerseys. I think is they're just so simple and really hard to get wrong, and I think that's part of the reason why it why it draws me to the white versions of the jersey. And I'm very excited to see them debut here coming up in October once the Coyotes hit the ice for the regular season. All right, we got one more story to talk about here, and then a slight addendum and an update which I want to bring you as well. So, in case you missed it, the Coyotes did indeed put out some renderings of their proposed new arena in Tempe. And this is going to be kind of hard to talk about on a podcast, but um, but you've all seen it by now, and it looks really cool. It's right down there in, Tem- the Tem- right down there in Tempe. There's um, the, a river that goes right by the stadium, which would be cool. There's a whole big-ass entertainment district going on, a little bunch of stuff to do. And I said, right on the right on the the lake slash river, whatever the hell it's called, right down there in Tempe, and the renderings look really cool. And it's just another piece to get us very excited as this process moves along in terms of the negotiations now with Tempe over this um, proposed stadium over the next couple months. Yeah, I actually really liked it. I was making a joke on Twitter. I think it's really funny how they have these like Sims esque. Uh, people that they design in, into it that are like taking selfies in front of it and stuff. Those always like crack me up. Like, uh, okay, this is what it's gonna look like, and these, this is what the fans are going to do in front of it, <laughs> and so on and so forth. But it looks really freaking cool. It's very modern looking. It's very futuristic, which is kind of what they need. Um, I, the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting of it is. What is this um, 
really big like walkway with like a a wall that goes I thought it was going over the uh the game like you could be watching the game but I feel like that's not enough seating in this rendering. Like, is that like a practice rink? What is that? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what's going on. I think that's just an extra rink that they that they're building there. That's like pretty awesome. Rink. Yeah, it's a it's really cool that they have the giant like windows for mm-hmm. that, like the glass. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell where exactly this is at in terms of where it's situated at. But you're right, and we've already talked about on our show previously about how there's a in terms of the amount of hockey players now in the state as it continues to grow, that there just isn't enough ice here. So if we are indeed getting more ice built in this Tempe district, and that looks like it's going to be the case, awesome. Perfect. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and this all looks like it's going to, it would be so nice. It would be, um, right up against the water. I like the fact that they want to put like a giant, um screen out there too i feel like that always catches attention it's really cool to see and um one of the things that's totally irrelevant to the actual rendering itself um since both me and you have become big fans of ted lasso um scotty said that it would be called the ted tempe (laughs) entertainment district the Ted. I like that. That's great. Tempe Entertainment District, mm-hmm. the Ted. So that's that's pretty dope. I, I really like that name. And I feel like it just looks awesome. And that's the thing is the problem with Gila River Arena is they didn't really update the arena. Like they brought in that big screen, you know, mm-hmm. but they never actually um really did updates for it. So it started to look old and outdated after a while. This is going to be new cutting edge. And for a team that kind of needs like a, a little facelift, I feel like this is exactly what they need. Exactly. And we kind of have a little bit of timeline here um, and an update from AZ central that came out on Wednesday. If you saw it um, and, and essentially in that, in that update, um, they were talking about how it wouldn't be done any earlier than 2025 is when it would open up, which is kind of what we expected the 2024, 2025 season. But we do have an update here from AZ central that I think we should pass along. I think it's fascinating. And if you were a longtime Arizona sports fan or sports fan, like Corey and I, you, you may remember something similar to similar to this. And I'm going to read directly from this article written by Melissa Yeager and Paulina Pineda for the Arizona Republic. It says, A proposed Tempe Arena and commercial district that would be the new home of the Coyotes faces headwinds as Phoenix Sky Harbor questions whether the project could disrupt aviation activity at the airport. The property, which is bordered by Priest Drive on the west on the west and Rio Salade Parkway on the south, lines up with the airport's two busiest runways, the proposed entertainment district, which would include a 16,000 seat practice facility or 16 seat arena practice facility for the NHL team, residential units, and a theater would sit 10,000 feet east and less than two miles from the runway. The airport wants developers to provide more information about the project's scope. After meeting with developers on September 16th, 
Um, Phoenix Aviation Director sent a letter to the Coyotes asking for additional information about the project's, or project's construction and proposed use to determine how it might affect airport operations. Uh, it later goes on to say here that um, the airport's concerns are similar to concerns raised 20 years ago when the Cardinals proposed a football stadium in Tempe on a site just north of where the Coyotes are proposing to build their arena. Um, it goes on to say here that staff at Sky Harbor have several concerns about the project, the primary one being that the height of the buildings and the cranes used for construction may present an air navigation hazard. The buildings must be short enough that aircraft can take off and land over them. In addition, the airspace must be, provide room for uh, one engine inoperable procedures, whatever that means. Um, so anyway, long article, that's the gist of it, is that now this is starting to come into the process and we'll, and we'll see how that plays out. But um, hopefully they manage to fix this. And I figure I, I think they'll be able to figure this out. But again, it, it is similar to what happened with the Cardinals many years ago. And I remember reading about this when I was a kid about the Cardinals not being able to build their stadium there because of this particular issue, which is why they end up in Glendale. So um, just kind of hearing that for the first time and what I brought you, um, uh, what do you make of, of, of that? And do you think it will pose much of a problem? Well, so this is actually kind of interesting. And I wish uh, I didn't know about this. And, and of course, my father's out of town. Um, this would have been a very interesting question to ask my dad, who who is a mechanic for one of the airlines, or my brother, who is a pilot. Um, but I, I could really actually see kind of their points here and the fact that I, I initially, when you were reading that, thought that it was going to go in the fact of the, the lights because it it's going to give off a bunch of it. it's going to give off a lot of really bright light and that um, light pollution can sometimes cause problems when, when planes are landing because of the fact that it's, you know, to be able to see the runway at night. Um, I thought that's where this was going. But they're more going in the fact that I didn't realize that it, it was that close to the flight pattern. I think really in that sense, they're mostly going to just have to make sure the the height of the building for one and for two that they're going to have to uh, basically make sure when they're talking about like procedures for, um, you know, having... A, only one engine left like so you know it, it happens when say like a plane's like flying through a, a flock of birds that's the one that we've kind of known that's when that plane that had a land in the hudson that was the reason why is because they flew through a bunch of birds birds went into the engines and, and there was um a failure in both of them on that one um so i think it was it was one or both and so then that's why they had to land that um but so when they do that, there are certain procedures that they're supposed to do and and they have to have the space for that and they don't want to crash into anything. Um, so I think it's for safety purposes there. So it could be interesting, but I feel like there's going to be ways around it that to make it work. I don't think it's going to have the same issues as uh, a stadium because an arena is, is quite a bit smaller. Um, my I live in North Phoenix. My family lives in North Phoenix. And from from their house, I can actually see um what is it now? It's it's not University of Phoenix, State Farm. Uh I can actually see State Farm 
from their house because of the fact that it is so big. And it, it, it on the outside looks like one of those, um, those, those old popcorn things that you'd pop popcorn in mm. and, it lo- and it's got like a dome on it. Um, it looks like one of those. It's, so it reflects a lot of light and it's very big. And so I can understand why they didn't want that there, but an, an arena is much smaller. If you ever look at the size of Gila River Arena next to State Farm Stadium, State Farm Stadium could eat Gila River Arena and then still like provide room for its children. You know, like it has a lot of extra space. And so I think that there's a way that they can make that work, but they might have to, you know, mess with the height of some things, the amount of light that gets put out and all of that. It all just depends on how much of a pain in the ass the airport wants to be. And two, it also depends on, um, on if they can, you know, how set in stone they are about everything. Cause they may have to make some changes. It could be kind of loud also. That's the other thing on top of that is the fact that, um, you're going to have planes landing, like, you know, coming down for their descent right above, uh, the arena, which might be kind of annoying. You know, you hear about that all the time. People who, uh, live in a flight path have to hear how loud that is. So that could be slightly obnoxious for especially if people are you know from the rendering there's a lot of people that are sitting outside enjoying food outside and stuff like that and they had like splash pad and everything um that could be quite annoying you know you're just trying to hang out there um i'm also curious what they're going to do with tempe town lake tempe town lake has also been kind of gross for a lot of times and if they're going to have this right up against tempe town lake um, I would wonder if they would try and make that lake a little bit nicer as well. I think there's a lot of um, things that kind of need to get fine-tuned before this is actually a viable option. Yeah, exactly. And again, very early on. They literally just put in their proposal earlier this month. So it's going to be a few months before we really know anything more about the negotiations. And again, I, I mentioned that uh, when we first talked about this, which is, according to AZ Central, they are expected to be able to announce something of a uh, whether or not this is actually going to move forward by the end of the year. So keep on looking out for that. A couple other quick little notes. Coyote training camp began on Wednesday. They had their media day. Uh, there was a lot of things said, one of which was that the team, the staff, the players, the coaches, everybody 100% vaccinated. And I just want to make sure we mention that and give a big round of applause to the Coyotes organization for making that happen. And good on them. 100% Sorry, good my on them. mic was muted when I was clapping before, so late clap. Yes, so that was the biggest news, I think, that came out of Media Day was that piece of information. Oh, and Phil Kessel, too. Phil Kessel going to be out for the entirety of training camp, out three weeks with a foot injury. Um, so he was on the trade block prior to the season. We'll see how that affects him and see how that affects – his trade value. We saw how he played with an injury his first season here, and he did not go well. So um, he's going to have to come back quickly from this um, to really kind of showcase what he can do for teams um, as he moves forward. So those were your two biggest pieces of information. Still no idea if the Coyotes are going to name a captain. I believe everybody was kind of mum 
with that situation. And, um, and also, of course, uh, and also we have the return of a familiar face to Coyotes fans, Corey, um, who is returning on a professional tryout. Would you like to tell us who that is? Dang it. My mic was on mute again. I was about to be like, that would be Alex Galchenyuk, Richard. Thank you very much. Yeah, Alex Galchenyuk, who spent a year here in Arizona. And actually, uh, I was actually surprised to go back and look at his stats. He had like 40 points for the Coyotes in his one season. So even though he really didn't, I feel like we didn't talk about him very much as a player in that season. He still put up some points. Nice little addition to the team. So those are your news and notes from from the media Danny training camp. Um, a lot more to come on this, obviously, over the next few weeks. Um, Corey, thank you for letting me come back on the show for one show before I am out of town once again. I'm looking forward to see who you decide to have sit in my chair. Hopefully they live up to expectations. Um, uh, I, my celery sales went very well. I'm very excited about that. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to have to wear a carrot costume now. I have no idea if that's going to be the case moving forward, but that did make me laugh, Scotty. So I appreciate that. Anyway, do you have any last words before we go? I I don't know what Scotty's going to say or what Kat's going to say. I, I don't even know who's going to be on the next one, to be honest with you. So um, I, I can just promise you that we weren't lying when we said that you would look good in a carrot costume. So take that in whichever way you want to, but you would work that carrot costume. Thank you very much. I appreciated Scotty's commentary that was like, yeah, he's Richie's really lanky and that's pretty much what a carrot is, is really lanky. So I appreciate that. So anyway, uh, DraftKings promo code THPN. Follow us on Twitter at Corey underscore Richie show. Follow Corey at Corey Nicole with two E's. Follow me at rflores91. Go vote, vote in our sporty question poll, which is up right now. We are asking, uh, which kicks more ass, the white Kachina or the black Kachina? You can go vote on that question right now at Corey underscore Richie Show on Twitter. And as we are recording, the white Kachina is in the lead. So, stuff like that. Anyway, until next week, Sporty Nation, for me at least, and for Corey, she'll talk to you again on Monday. Good night and good hockey, everybody.